You're listening to the Secret Muse Society, where we pull out the things we keep hidden about ourselves. What are the secrets that actually hold us back from the connection we crave? And what happens when we tap into the inspiration we have to offer the world? I'm your host, authenticity coach, Karen Choi. Let's dive in together. Life is a mystery. Everyone must stand alone. I hear you call my name, and it feels like home. Just like a prayer, your voice can take me there. Just like a muse to me, you are a mystery. Just like a dream, you are not what you seem. Just like a prayer, no choice, your voice can take me there. <laughs> I figured that Madonna's Like a Prayer would be a home run instead of my made-up jingles that I've been testing so far. Welcome back, Muse, to the Secret Muse Society. You are listening to episode 32. And today we are talking about the nuances, the subtle art, the nebulous art of authenticity. In previous episodes that I hope you've listened to, as you go on this journey with me, we talk about how authenticity is kind of this difficult word to define. It means something different to everyone. And it's... I call it more of a spiritual practice, a state of being, a choice in the moment rather than you are or you not. It's not finite. It is infinite to me. And so in today's episode, I hope to enlighten you with some ideas around how to actually achieve authenticity, to actually make it something tangible that you can actually practice in your daily life. I know that we live in a world that is built on systems and processes, we are comfortable in sitting with spreadsheets and numbers, quantifiable things, things we can touch. And for many of us, for many of you, dear Muse, whether you are more of a feeling person, a sensing person, a person who wants to connect more with your intuition, a person who wants perhaps to escape or block out the noise of the material world and even step out of your material girl identity every now and then to create a balance between your inner and outer worlds, between your known and unknowns, between your comfort and discomfort. It's kind of like our fantasies and our realities. I don't think that we can live in just one place or another. We need them all. Just like we can't choose just vegetables or fruits. We can enjoy them all. <laughs> I tried to say meat, but for some, some of you have actually stopped eating meat and bravo to you. But if you get my analogy, it's not about choosing one or the other. It's about integrating. And so I just invite you into this kind of invisible world where we can <laughs> enchant ourselves with some less, how should I say, swim in the ocean of poetry a little bit, your own poetry, swim in your own sense of you 
being a spirit and a soul. Like we can't really see a spirit or see a soul, but we can feel it. We know when it's around. We know in our spider senses, our spidey senses, our muse senses, what kind of energy is in the room. This is like the metaphysical, the mystics. This is a place where I love to hang out a lot. Truthfully, I often escape too a lot. And I think that's okay because, again, balance. We're all on this planet, which is round. We're not on a flat earth. (laughs) That is a line. We are on a sphere. And even this sphere has an atmosphere. And even our atmosphere expands into a universe. And even our universe is so deep and so far. And we could get lost in space. And even thinking about how massive this entire universe is could feel somewhat overwhelming as can authenticity. So I, I'm i hoping that this episode can give us some things to hold on to, but also some rockets to take us to the moon, to infinity and beyond. It's really fun to show this side of me that I often hide. And again, it's the secret Mew society. We're bringing out the things that we hide about ourselves so that we can f- feel more whole so that we can better the world by offering our gifts, no matter what they are, and to see what happens, to see what inspiration sparks, to see what connection we can make, maybe just to understand ourselves better and understand each other better. I'm just drinking a very beautiful chamomile lavender tea right now and feeling really cozy. Because this is the first time I have introduced and talked about this kind of framework that I've created. Yes, even the waves and inspiration and something that I feel so is open as a Pisces. (laughs) I've also been able to create this framework, which has helped myself, helped my clients, helped people that I love connect with their authenticity. And so I hope it helps you. So why is it important to be authentic? Why is it important to you? Well, when I am not authentic, I feel tired. I am exhausted from putting on a show to try to impress other people, to please other people, to try to be something else that I think other people want me to be. It's all about external perception and it's all wrapped up in this fear of what other people think and judgment. And that is just tiring and icky. At the same time, Authenticity is a practice that requires us to experiment and to try and test and kind of feel things out, see how they fit. Perhaps they won't fit well. Perhaps it will feel too tight and constraining and, and sometimes perhaps we feel too lost in it. So authenticity is also this thing that ebbs and flows. So what I've created is a thing that's a framework that's inspired by Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. And I call this the muse's journey. And it's really connecting and learning and practicing five skills, five life skills that may come off as soft skills in the corporate capitalistic world, but 
in my world, these are really practical and doable. They're things that are sticky enough that I can touch and feel grounded and anchored by in my daily life. And they are five A's of authenticity. Awareness, acknowledgement, accountability, acceptance, and action. And these five things together in a ball that we can hold will always bring us back to authenticity and the awe, ah, that awesomeness that we seek in our lives. All right. So first, awareness. I've talked about awareness before and how it is so important to actually work on expanding self-awareness, like have intention around this. But how do you do that? Like, how do you actually expand your self-awareness? Well, when I say five years ago, if you asked me, Karen, are you self-aware? And I would say, yeah, I think I'm pretty self-aware, which was a total, in the moment, yes, based on what I knew, I thought I was pretty self-aware, but really I wasn't. The things I think that we often get tripped off and we think our self-awareness is, we think our self-awareness is, what are your strengths and weaknesses? But five years ago, all I knew were my weaknesses and I didn't realize this. Self-awareness could be about what are you, what are your thoughts? What do you feel? And five years ago, I didn't realize how negative my thoughts really were, how detrimental they actually were to how I showed up, who I wanted to be, and the dreams I was going after. Actually, five years ago, I wasn't even thinking about my dreams and what I wanted, what I desired, what I needed. Self-awareness is about knowing what do you value? What is important to you? What are your beliefs? And how is what you're, what is important to you, what matters to you, and what you believe, how does that create biases and assumptions? that show up in the way you react to your outside world. I didn't know that five years ago and how it really impacted my relationships and the progress I was making or why I felt stuck. So even though I thought I was very self-aware three years ago, practicing and intentionally working on my self-awareness over the last three years intensively, or not even intensively, use this is how I kind of came towards this framework. Awareness was key. And the work that I do with my clients, awareness has been key. Like unlocking the awareness has been everything. And it is so simple, but it really is the starting point to any kind of change that you're looking for in your life. You can't change what you don't know. You can't change what you don't see, right? So awareness. And so when we're talking about how do you expand this awareness? Well, it's simply about coming into a moment, being present with yourself and asking yourself some questions. What am I thinking? What thoughts am I having? Like how often Have we actually learned to listen to our thoughts and challenge them and investigate them and letting the ones, the garbage thoughts go? 
thoughts are not who we are. Thoughts are, they, they happen. And the beautiful thing about awareness is that we get to choose. Deepak Chopra actually says awareness is our consciousness. Awareness is the spirit in you. And I fully believe this. When you start paying attention, you, and you wake up more and more layers of your awareness, you realize that your spirit wakes up. You feel more. You sense more around you. Everything in life starts to wake up. And at first, actually on a daily basis, it could feel pretty overwhelming at times and scary or too much. It's like overload. And that's okay. When you're aware that that's what's going on for you, you realize, hey, there's nothing wrong with you. There's a lot happening. And acknowledging your awareness also gives you permission to pause and reflect and take some time to rest. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's nothing wrong with you if you can't, you feel like it's too much right now. So just take a moment to be aware of what are you thinking? What are you feeling? What's happening inside your body? And how is that affecting your behavior? What you're saying, the expression on your face, the way you're moving your body, the way you are reacting or responding to the people that you love. Just notice that. That is a beautiful starting point. The second A in the subtle art of authenticity or the muse's journey that I'm calling this is acknowledging. And the reason why acknowledgement is so important here is because you can be aware, you can notice your thoughts and feelings and actions and behaviors, you can notice what's going on around you, but naming it gives you, the person who has the choice, so much more power to choose. Naming our thoughts and saying our thoughts out loud, naming our emotions, they tend to diffuse their charge. For example, it it will, like when we say our thoughts out loud, it doesn't have to live in that brain anymore, in our head. It doesn't have to swirl and create like this hurricane or a rainstorm. I'm thinking of Peppa Madrigal from Encanto. Remember how her emotions showed up in clouds above her head or sunshine around her. And like when you could see or hear what's going on, it changes it. It lessens the heaviness that you might carry because then you have something that you could see. Even though it's not like, oh, I see a bird. You could see the word, perhaps. You could see the energy and the feelings around it. And you can do something with it. Like acknowledging our feelings. One incredible tool that I like to use with myself and my kids, my husband and clients is the emotion wheel. A lot of us, I don't know about you, but I didn't learn how to name my emotions as a child. And so articulating it was really difficult. And I think that a lot of the frustration I felt, that's the only real emotion I knew how to voice was frustration and irritability. 
And it is because I didn't know how to articulate it or I didn't have a word to describe it. An emotion wheel starts at the core with five emotions, the core emotions, happy, sad, angry, disgust, and I'm missing one. What would that be? Surprised and in fear. Sorry, I just named seven. So seven core emotions. And then it expands out into another layer to describe. So for example, I didn't realize that disgust was also disapproval or disappointment. It's a, it's repulsive. And then from there, the, from the core of the wheel, it expands further. And we learn words like disappointment could be a feeling appalled. Disapproval is judgment and embarrassed. And so now I, and, and it might feel silly in the moment to be like referring to a wheel to describe how you feel or to figure out what you feel, but this is an actual tool that was created by somebody that I didn't write down their name. And I apologize for that. You can find it. Oh, you could Google who created the emotion wheel and you'll see that there it is based in scientific research and psychology and neuroscience. So yeah, the emotion wheel is an incredible tool for acknowledging how you feel in a moment when you have that awareness. And then we also want to acknowledge how we're acting and behaving by saying, oh my gosh, I, I'm noticing that my shoulders are slumped. Perhaps it's because I'm feeling kind of confused or insecure or scared. And what feeling are you having because of what are you thinking that's causing you to feel kind of confused or small, which is causing you to shrug your shoulders. And from like a more positive standpoint, you want to acknowledge like when you're feeling amazing, you want to acknowledge how good it feels to have pushed through something that you thought you couldn't do. Acknowledging what's going on in the present moment with words, those are your superpowers. Muse your sensitivity to it all and the vocabulary and your way of communicating it or expressing it. Maybe it isn't words. Maybe you acknowledge it through painting or singing or writing, or you acknowledge it by lying down and showing yourself that you need some rest, or you acknowledge it by going out for a walk. For example, I've been busy recording today and I acknowledged my effort today by going out for a walk and getting some fresh air and taking a break. And all that acknowledgement does is it reinforces in your brain what you want and what you don't want or what you're noticing and what you don't need, what you need to let go. The third A of authenticity is accountability. We often, I think in our society, North American society, Canadian society, or wherever you're listening from, I don't know, please tell me, please send me an email. Let me know what you think about this podcast. I speak from a Canadian-raised lens. I am also of Chinese background, but my parents immigrated to Canada when they were teenagers. So that is the perspective I come from. And accountability, because of my cultural background and my society upbringing, I guess, has been taught from an external standpoint. So 
like in school, you are accountable to your teachers and your classmates. There is a structure you and a schedule that you follow because somebody else set that for you, right? You have to reach certain learning goals of calculus, physics, whatever subjects you're studying, English, when you're writing essays or learning about certain chemical reactions. (laughs) It's a curriculum that you are accountable to meet, right? Or for example, being raised in a Christian household, I was, I am accountable to, I learned that I was accountable to God and what the Bible outlined as sin and the moral and ethical codes that were taught to me there. And so accountability has very much been outside of us. So that's why accountability as part of the authenticity framework is so important because we are building accountability towards ourselves, for ourselves. A lot of people hire coaches like me because they want to stay accountable to themselves, but which is important and it absolutely improves your rate of success. I also want to point out that it improves your rate of successes because you have grown up in that system. You have practiced that system. You know it. Your body and your brain are tuned into it. And so self-accountability might seem foreign. It might seem hard. You might feel like a failure. And it really is, it's a piece of, it's a thing that we need to practice more. So self-accountability, what does that mean in the framework of in, of authenticity? Well, when we are aware and acknowledge what is important to us, what matters, and what we are working towards, how we want to show up, how we want to serve the world, self-accountability creates that ownership of, it, it, it brings it inside. So school goals, that's what the board of education sets for you, right? When you're learning piano, they, the conservatory, they set goals for which scales you should know, right? How fast you play those scales. And your job, your responsibility was to reach those expectations or standards. And you were accountable to practicing for your teacher. You're less accountable to yourself, right? Like you wanted to show up to do well by the other person. Well, self-accountability, we have to do well by what matters to us. And for example, when you have to say no, how is that being accountable to what serves you when we have to create boundaries with other people to protect our energy so that we can do the work that matters to us and the people that we serve and help? When we set out to do something because we know innately that it's important for our health, for our well-being, because that spreads out to our family and our communities, accountability is so important. So accountability moves us into certain directions. Even if you choose not to do the thing that you think that you should be doing, the accountability at least is that ownership of saying, okay, well, I'm not doing it. So I am going to deal with whatever consequences there are. I think that accountability is a huge piece in authenticity. For example, politicians, who are they accountable to? With We as the people that put them into power, 
vote them or don't vote them, but the people that they should be serving and being a voice for or representing, are they accountable to us? How can they be truly accountable to us if they are not truly accountable to themselves and owning how they're acting? And are is it in alignment with what they really believe to be true, what they really believe to be to what matters? Oftentimes when our politicians make decisions, I would love for them to just come out and with the truth. Like accountability is about being honest with yourself and being honest with the other people. Like just be honest. You don't care about people. That's why you're putting money into corporations, right? As politicians, you don't really care about women's rights. That's why you are saying that abortion is illegal. But don't say that you care about life then, right? Like that's a lie. They're not being totally honest with themselves. So if they're not being accountable to that truth to themselves, how can they be honest with us? I would just like them to come out and say, you know what? We just want to make as much money for the rich as possible. Hey, then that will make sense. All your actions will make sense. <laughs> Which leads me to the next A, action. Action and authenticity. How do they line up? Well, we have to take action to what we believe matters. We have to take action to what is moving us towards our goals. And this action should be aligned with the awareness of our thoughts and our feelings. What did we acknowledge? What do we feel accountable to? Is our action lined up? Do you see how this is a great check for am I being authentic right now or am I not? And the final A is acceptance. Acceptance is a hard one because especially for a lot of you muses who are change makers, culture changers, you want to make a difference in this world. You want to make a change. And accepting what is in our reality could be really hard when you're trying to change it. So here, when I talk about acceptance and authenticity, it's about being really honest with ourselves, with yourself. Is this within your control in this moment? And if it is not, you have to accept that and move with action towards what is within your control. And if you can accept what is within your control, that's the other side of it, then you must take action with what is within your control. Acceptance is this really beautiful piece, but do you see how it all kind of ties in again with our awareness, what we acknowledge, who we are accountable to, and the action we are ready to take? Always these five A's in any given present moment, when tied with your authenticity, I know that when you start touching and playing with these ideas and concepts and applying them in your life, haha, another A, applying, you will have light bulb moments, big ahas. You will inspire yourself. You will be in awe of how much you are really capable and able of doing in your life. That is the muse's journey. Authenticity is our purpose, awareness, acknowledgement, accountability, acceptance, and action is our way, the muse's journey, and awe. We can experience that in any moment. Let me know what you think. If this resonates for you, please do send me a message through email karen at karenchoy.co or DM me on Instagram at 
karenchoi.co. Or if this is something you would like to explore with a coach, with me, reach out and perhaps we can talk about how you can work on these five things to get what you want and how I can support you in that. Awareness, again, is the starting point. It's key. And so if you are an external processor like me, sometimes we need to talk things out to to gain awareness. If you're an internal processor, you gain clarity by thinking, spending time by yourself, but then you need that support to take you through that journey. I'm here for you too. What could I leave with you as your call to authenticity? Just play with these ideas, sit with them, and start with your awareness. What can you notice? And acknowledge it. Acknowledge how amazing it is. Start dreaming about what you want to achieve and accomplish and how you can be accountable to that, how that will change the world. It's not just about you. It's about the people around you or this planet and how you can gain some peace around acceptance with what is within your control, what is not within your control and act, take action. Even taking pause is taking action. Also moving forward is taking action. And that last piece, you'll just notice awe in really coming into this and owning your authenticity, owning your spiritual practice of being more you and sharing your gifts with the world. I love you, Muse. Thank you for listening. This was The Subtle Art of Authenticity, The Muse's Journey. I love you. Thank you for listening to the Secret Muse Society. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't yet, please go to Apple Podcasts to rate and review this podcast so other modern muses like you can find us too. I invite you to continue the conversation and connect with me on Instagram at karenchoy.co. Join me next week for more secrets inspired by you. I'm Karen Choi. Until next time, stay gold. Stay gold.